Hello, welcome to day two of Mind Shock. So today I'm going to talk about what inspired this podcast, thought. So let's get right into it. There are a lot of different sayings about thought. Thoughts become things, Mike Dooley. Napoleon Hill and other OG thought leaders have built empires on the relevance of thought and how it can shape lives. I embrace the reality that thought is free-flowing, and we get to determine what it means to us. Its origin, you ask? Well, it comes from a creative source or from a former experience in our life, from seemingly out of nowhere, from our subconscious into our consciousness, from a dream. Or are dreams just another canvas upon which thought plays and creates? See, it doesn't really matter. In the end, it's just floating around and pings in and out of our lives, our minds. You can find accounts where people have said that creative thought has come to them, they didn't act on it, and then it came to life by someone else, where they took it and actually did something with it by manifesting a play or a movie or a book or some form of expression. Why did that person have the same idea? Why did that particular thought come to that person as well? Are thoughts just sojourners wandering the world and dancing toward us, then on to someone else if we don't dance with them? Who knows? It doesn't matter how we frame thought other than knowing that it in and of itself is not real. It's not something that we have to land on. The important realization for me is that thought can be empowering or thought can be destructive, and we decide that. An example of destructive thoughts, of course, are numerous, just as examples of empowering thoughts are abundant. Destructive thoughts are things like, I'm not worthy of love, or, oh my God, that political party is going to ruin my life. And somehow we land on these thoughts and they can cause suffering. It isn't to say there might not be truth in the thoughts we have, but the thought itself is neither destructive nor empowering until we name it one or the other. A thought can be devastating because we take it down the rabbit hole of the next thought and then the next thought and then the next thought that moves in and out of the next thought and then to on to the next thought. And it becomes this domino effect, if you will. Thoughts build on thoughts unless we intervene and see them for what they are. If we could get to the point where we could recognize that a thought doesn't necessarily mean something is true, it's just a thought, we could save ourselves so much struggle. We have a lot of people buying into a lot of their own thoughts and into the collective thoughts of others. Yeah, that's the really scary part is they're not even our own thoughts that we're buying into. They're things other people are saying to us or other people are telling us are true or other people's thoughts that they're projecting onto us. We could save ourselves a lot of low states of mind if we could recognize that just because we have a thought doesn't make it a truth. And by the way, state of mind is an important thing here because when we're in a low state of mind, most thoughts are going to feel heavy weighted. They're going to feel negative and a lot of times alarming. When we're in an elevated state of mind, when we see the reality from which we exist as a more positive place, life can feel joyful and fulfilling. Uh, Which of those two would you rather be in? As my cross-country coach, Tom Bates, taught me when I was in high school, a man who, that in the early 80s, was definitely ahead of his time in coaching with sports psychology and envisioning your performance, though I don't think he would have called it sports psychology back then. He reminded us young runners that when we recognize our own ability to have control over one thing, our state of mind, we can work miracles in our performance, our productivity, and in manifesting our dreams. Now, how empowering was that for getting us over the finish line? 
He would simplify it to be tackling the hill we affectionately called the monster at Blue Valley Park. But the same principle works for life and our experience of life. When we can not only envision or imagine, which is really just extrapolated thought, but we can stand outside of thought to see it for what it is, just thought, then we can be subjective and not so consumed that our thoughts are real. We can see thought and say, ah, that's just thought. Or, wow, I'm really buying into this thought. Seeing thought for what it is becomes like any other moment of choice. You know, that God-given right we have, choice, freedom of will, freedom to see things as they are for us. We get to say, I'm landing on this thought and I'm going to create a course to help empower people. Or I'm letting this thought go. It doesn't serve me anymore to think that I should remain silent here. Or, you know, I'm just making up some thoughts to help you see that we don't have to land and stay stuck on a fleeting, not really real thing like a thought that enters our mind. Why give thought so much power? Seriously, think about that. Why do we give thought so much power? Again, giving it power when it empowers us is one thing, but giving it power when it's destructive or causes us low states of mind or causes us to go into an emotionally low state of mind, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we do that to something that isn't really supposed to land as real? So I want everyone to play with this, right? To recognize thought for what it is. If we could just start to understand this, that just because something pops into our mind doesn't mean it's real, doesn't mean we have to heed its presence and try to cogitate and understand what it's trying to tell us, because a lot of times we kind of get that wrong. Or if it's a thought you like, do with it what you want. Let it empower you. Move forward in the direction and write the next best screenplay or move forward in the direction of that thought and build the next best business model for you. Move in that direction and help save people that are homeless and hungry. That's where that freedom of choice and our free will, whatever you want to call it, has the same underlying principle relative to thought. Thoughts don't have to land. Thoughts don't have to become something. Use the ember effect. Ah, this is a good one. The ember effect. So imagine an ember popping out of a fire and it catches onto your clothing. If you leave it there, it'll burn your clothing and consequently you. Or you can flick it off. Then it doesn't do any damage. Even if it's a good thought, you can direct the fire of that ember and let it burn like an inferno and become something magical and wonderful in your life. I wouldn't let it burn on your clothing necessarily. That would be quite devastating, <laughs> but... Or it can burn like an inferno and be something devastating as well, like the fire itself. But the choice, do you see the difference? The ember is the thought. It comes in, you can do with it what you want. You can ping it into another area and create an inferno of something magical and wonderful. Or you can flick it off because you don't want it to burn your clothes and your skin. Ultimately, thoughts, they mean nothing until we make them mean something. Just think about that. I'll see you tomorrow.